0: Welcome to Limerick Voice Podcast, brought to you by Limerick Voice and presented by me, Mary Meany. I spoke to Ray Wallace, who is a psychotherapist from Limerick. He talked to me about psychotherapy and how he's extra busy in the lockdown. Welcome, Ray Wallace, to Limerick Voice. And how are you today?
1: Very good, uh, Mary. Thank you. Very good. And you?
0: I'm great. Will you please tell our listeners what you
1: do? I'm a psychotherapist. I have a private practice in Limerick where I see clients one-on-one for therapy. I also see uh, couples in my private practice. In addition to that, I work with the Bedford Row Family Project, which is an organization that supports families that have been impacted by imprisonment. So I do some group work with the Bedford Row. I'm also a psychotherapy training facilitator with Flatstone Institute, whom are based in Cork. And I, I do other group work as as required, and and supervision, uh, supervising psychotherapists if they need that.
0: Did you always want to be a psychotherapist?
1: Well, I'm, I I wasn't born kind of and um, growing up as a small child thinking I'm going to be a psychotherapist one day. <laughs> but I think it did. I did kind of. I worked in industry for many years. I was in IT for many years. I was a senior manager in the aviation industry in a, a, a aircraft maintenance company. I worked freelance as a project manager in the IT world. And it was, it was, I suppose, during all of that time, going through personal challenges in life, such as deaths of parents and family members and uh, through separation, relationship breakdown. Of course, I was always curious about myself and uh, curious about the world. But I started to look at what's going on here, really? So I ended up doing a foundation course in counseling. And this was going to help me in my work in industry as well, because it would help me relate with people. And so I found that very interesting. Now, I didn't jump into psychotherapy, although other friends and colleagues were encouraging me to do so, but I didn't jump into it. A couple of years after that, I decided to maybe do a year of psychotherapy training and see how that goes. But I ended up doing the whole lot, uh, the full, and I got my qualification as a psychotherapist. So I think it's really, I didn't set out wanting to save the world or wanting to help people. No such noble ideas as that but really kind of to reflect on myself and where i was going and what i was doing and as a result i ended up uh, just becoming a, a trained psychotherapist and training training psychotherapists these days and which the work is hugely enriching so I've completely gone from industry for over 10 years now and working full time in the world psychotherapy and psychotherapy psyche meaning soul and therapy meaning healing the latin translation latin translation psyche soul and therapy healing And so it's a fiercely rewarding, uh, you know, I get get a lot from meeting a client and working with clients and couples. And uh, sometimes it's really difficult and sometimes it's hugely rewarding as well. So what drew me into it? I suppose my own pain and suffering as well as an internal kind of compass or dial that wanted me to understand, understand myself better.
0: And what's the difference between counseling and psychotherapy?
1: Oh yes, which is often asked by people. You know, well, counselling is really like if you go to a counsellor, your, your counsellors are are trained to a to a degree. The type of training I've done, or how I've trained to be a psychotherapist, is through experiential training, which means I've had to go and really look at myself and all the wounds and all the influences that influenced me as a child growing up, and work through all my biases and struggles and what have you you know a a counselor doesn't have to go to that depth so you can go to a counselor if you like for and a counselor will advise you or go into an advisory capacity and often it's kind of fixing a thing at a surface level psychotherapy is going at the deeper issues and you know how you relate in the world and what has you relating that way in a non-judgmental way in a very supportive way. Psychotherapy is about you growing in self-awareness. And as you grow in self-awareness, you grow to have choices. You start to see more choices. You hopefully grow in more self-acceptance. So growing in self-awareness, growing in in, in understanding your choices, and growing in self-acceptance, accepting yourself for who you are and how you've become this person. Ultimately, it's about growing in love. And uh, really getting a great sense of um, love, love for yourself, and love for those around you as well. So it's a very healing process so psychotherapy, whereas counselling, as I say, is at a higher level and operating more in advisory capacity and supporting that way. So it's appropriate too, but at a different level.
0: Can you maybe talk me through the process if I came to you now suffering from anxiety and depression? And um, yes, how long was I come to you to?
1: deal with my issues? um, Some people can come for a very short period and some people can come for a very long time. And of course, it all depends on what the issues are. But most importantly, above all things, I think, I suppose, it would be very important that you'd be able to connect with me in some way. If you couldn't connect with me, if you couldn't trust me, or if there was some issue... Or I reminded you of somebody, somebody terrible in your life, or something and you couldn't work with me, or whatever. You know that you see that wouldn't work. Like you know, so to be able to connect with me, even if I frightened you, for example, but you you were able to connect with me. That's the most important thing, and I'd be able to connect with you. So in psychotherapy, the relationship is hugely important, and that in psychotherapy also, and um, from my perspective, it would be very important that I would show up and be real with you. And I wouldn't bullshit you or do anything like that, that I'd be very real with you. And I wouldn't hide behind any mask, like a psychotherapy mask or something like that. But I'm a real human being meeting you as a real human being too. Your ability to meet me in a very real way, that's the bit where I will be able to hold you, support you so that you can do that. And in doing that, we can drop down into a deeper and deeper and deeper relationship and a great sense of healing potentially for you and that. And it will also touch me. The relationship will also touch me. I'll be touched by it too. So the realness of it is so important. And, and like how long it takes, it really depends. Like I have clients coming to me for years and not because they have to, but because they want to and they've, they've, they've gotten a lot out of it over the years. And some people come to me for a short period of time, get something fixed and they're gone again. So it depends.
0: And how would you cope with transference or counter transference?
1: Well, uh, transference is like if you came into my room or something and I reminded you of somebody. I remind you of uh, your father, whom you just really don't like at all, never got on with. And so you can have a transference. I'm reminding you of him. So you're transferring your feelings of your father onto me. That's transference. So when, if you come on and you're feeling angry with me, I have enough of work done myself, I suppose, and enough of uh, experience in psychotherapy to hold your anger without judging you and unpack it and understand where it's coming from. And that's the beauty of psychotherapy or a good therapist to be able to hold you and do that without, without the therapist getting angry or defensive back. Now, if during the session I was feeling something towards you, I was getting angry or something like that, it's my job to hold that for myself and then bring that to my supervisor where I can unpack that. I was working with Mary yesterday and this anger certainly rose or this strong love for her really rose up quite passionately. And I don't know where it's coming from. And I'd work that through with my supervisor. We'd unpack it so that when I come back to you the next time, we are clean and we have a clean relationship, and I can talk to you again cleanly. The first instance where you're transferring onto me, that's transference. The second one is countertransference. I won't be aware of it, you see. I won't know. That's the nature of countertransference. I don't know what's blocking me with you. But I know enough as a therapist, and I know enough as my internal supervisor, will say, there's something blocking me here, so there must be a countertransference. I have to go and find out what it is.
0: Are you busier now in the lockdown?
1: I'm. I uh, yes. I'm very. Yes. I'm very, very uh, busy at the moment. I've uh, very steady client base, and and uh, yes, I'm very busy.
0: Yeah. You would think the pandemic made things worse for people?
1: I think it's having a great, if you like, vicarious impact on people. People. Are, it's outside of people's awareness sometimes how it creeps underneath and creeps into their system. I'm seeing it in couples counselling in particular, and. A lot of couples coming at the moment. And it's it's because uh, maybe they've been out of work and all that and running around in their lives. And now they're not doing that anymore because of the lockdowns and what have you. And they're brought in to face one another and really look at some of the issues that are going to And sometimes that's very stressful for couples. They can't do it on their own. So they come to couples counselling to help unravel that. If you notice, there's a lot of, there's a 17% or something like that, increase in domestic violence at the moment, you know. So it is having a real impact. And people themselves are feeling lost and rudderless as a result of the pandemic and lockdowns. And sometimes they're acting out. And, and, and you wonder, why am I acting this way? I'm getting angry and I don't know why I'm getting angry. I'm losing the plot and I don't know what's happening. And it's, it's, it's all part of what's going on in the environment of, in the, at the moment. Of course, it's impacting people. And it's a fiercely fearful time in society people are wearing masks people are standing away from each other you know and, and premises are closed you know it's it's it is huge fear in society at the moment and it's bound to have an impact either consciously or subconsciously on people very often it's 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 in underneath and they don't even realize that it. it's in the subconscious
0: if a couple come to you how do you contain both of them you know that they both have equal time and that you don't kind of lean towards the woman or lean towards the man
1: You see, like, I suppose, again, you know, from a couple's point of view, you know, um, you can have all couples, you can have straight couples, you can have gay couples, you can have all kinds of couples. But you have a couple of biases around couples counselling, biases that I have myself. And one is like, for example, that I support dialogue, you know, as opposed to monologue, you know. So I, I support people being separate in relationship and then relating, as opposed to being enmeshed and no relating going on at all, no real relating. So one is kind of what was referred to, enmeshed as kind of like confluence. So I support coming out of one another so you can actually have dialogue and talk to one another as opposed to monologue. Like, for example, when two people go up the aisle to get married and they bring up two candles with them and they light the big candle and then very often they blow out this candle, they blow out that candle. Well, I'm suggesting that don't do that, you know, light the big candle and hold on to your own candle and leave that lighting as well. You, you hold on to your light, if you like, the other holds on to theirs. And now we have the relationship that we work on. So this is what we do. So I have some biases around couples, as I say. And, and the, other, the other thing is like, you can show up and be real with the other. And this is what I really promote in couples counselling and in any relating, that you show up and be real with the other. If you're not being real with them, if you're not showing up and being real with them, then we don't know what we're dealing with then we don't know where we're going because you're, it's not real. So to show up and be real with somebody, and you can promise them, I'll show up and be real with you for the rest of my life. I will. I can promise them that. You mightn't be able to promise them that you'd love them for the rest of their life because who knows, you know, people change and you fall out of love and all that. But you can say that I'm going to be very real in this relationship and I'm going to show up and be real with you. And I would do the same in the therapy room. I'd show up and be real with the client. And what I look for in couples counselling is I'm not there to fix people. But if I help one and both of them to understand what their process is, what they do in relating, in couples relating, in couples counselling, if I help them understand that, then they can make choices again. It's about choices. Also, that's why I'm reacting that way or that's what, that is what's what has me reacting that way. And, and this is what happens when 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 she says that to me or he says that to me you know this is my this is my problem and, and once you become aware of what you're doing or how you're dancing together you then have choices about that then do I want to dance this way continually or do I want to change something do I want to stay in this relationship or have I, or I, or have I had enough you know um is there a deal breaker in here you know that that I hadn't seen before but I'm seeing it now so all of these things can come up. So, so, so the couple themselves can make their own decisions around this. So, showing up and being real and understanding your process and how you're relating, th- these are important. And it's the approach I have in couples counselling. is the way I work, I suppose. And I find it quite, you know, most most pu- couples do work all right with me. <laughs> so, yeah, they do come sure. back, yeah. But at
0: the end of the day, how do you distress?
1: How oh, do I distress? Yeah, You know, walking is a good way of doing it. Certainly, like, weekends away are important as well. Or I personally like to get to the coast a lot. Uh, So if I can get down by the coast and have a nice lunch and have a good walk on the beach, it helps me to detox, if you like, you know. And weekends, if I can get away for a weekend along the coast, again, I'll I'll do that. Physical exercise is good, getting out, whether it's out for a walk or out for a cycle or out for a swim. Any of these things, like, personally, I, I like to go... To, to do some sailing uh, I like sailing and again it's out in the water and it's out in nature and I love that I also like going to a match like a rugby match and I can roar and shout at a rugby match I like a lot of my work is very reverent work you know and working in a very reverent way when I'm finished work I'm not a psychotherapist anymore I'm a very ordinary person that likes to go to a rugby game and shout my head off you know or go sailing or whatever and that's how I distress: stress it's kind of getting out in the open and out in nature And I love music as well and listening to music, you know, and even dancing as long as nobody's watching
0: me too much. Yeah. What advice would you give a psychotherapist if he wanted to retrain or want to be a psychotherapist? What advice would you give him?
1: If you're going to retrain or want to be a psychotherapist, pick out the important thing is, is, is the training. Pick out a good training school. And I would suggest it's of an experiential nature. You can do this in theory, but the theory is no good. Like, it's books. If you haven't your own work done, you won't be able to hold a client properly. You won't be, if you haven't gone through your own suffering and pain, how can you hold another person that is in real suffering and pain? You can't do it. So picking out the training, pick out an experiential training that will help you work through all the experiences you've had in your life. And that allows you, if you like, to have the capacity and capacity is a huge thing for a therapist, I think, to have the capacity to hold pain and meet people in their suffering. If you haven't gone through that yourself, you won't have the capacity to do it. So the training, in my view, should be very experiential, as well as the theory as well. So a good training, and then along with that, as part of your training, it is very likely that your training will want you to be in therapy as well. So to complement that, have a good therapist and do your research and find the right therapist that works for you. So there are two basic ones. You go into other things as well, but there are two basic kind of foundation stones that I think um, anybody thinking about training could look at, you know.
0: I want to thank you for taking the time out to talk to me. Very You're great. very
1: welcome.